I'm chewing my cookie. Sorry. Oh, Lord. Melissa's husband made these pumpkin cookies, and my mouth is full of them. It's I'm, a snickerdoodle cookie with pumpkin and white chocolate chips, and it's moist and... Why do people hate that word? I don't know. Why, why do people hate moist? <laughs> I don't... There's so many words I hate more than moist. Yeah. Can I name one? Consequence. <laughs> I hate that word. I've hated that word ever since I was little. Do you know the word that I hate? What? Panties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you, like, cringe. Thanks. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying these cookies. Hey y'all, we're back for Lord of the Rings and things. Oh no. Dang, dang, dang. <laughs> Our thoughts and comments on All The things. Two Towers Extended Edition Part 1. We watched the first part last night. Please describe it. Okay, so. Two Towers, we watched the extended version. It really felt like the whole movie was the extended edition. Right. Am I, I wrong? I meant, yeah. like, the environment. <laughs> we had, like, the coolest setup oh, ever. Oh, yeah. We, we did. Jenny and I, well, Jenny painted a wall in our basement white, so we can project movies on there, and so we projected the movie last night, and it looked so good. It did. It looked so good. Yeah. It really yeah. felt like we were in a movie theater. It did, yeah. It really did. I was cold, Rip. which felt authentic. <laughs> I ate too many candies Snacks. and my mouth hurt. There were certain moments when the screen was so big and there was panoramas happening, I felt yeah. like I was in an IMAX. Definitely. I'm going to have to get one of those projectors. It was yeah. awesome. Dizzy looking at it. Dizzy? It so big. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Well, we did. We finally got to Two Towers. It has been a month since we've recorded. Whoa. Really? And so much happened, yes. To all of our listeners, we love you. We're sorry. We're busy. I know. I, I mean, the letters that have been piling up on my door to start this podcast <laughs> again have been overwhelming. I know. All of you have been begging us. The fan mail. I mean, please stop. It's, it's I mean, getting we, out of control. It is. We're talking to all three of our listeners. Yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um... What kind of has been going down? Do you guys all want to sh- go around share just a little bit of a life update? Anything crazy to report? I really don't feel like I have a life update. Okay. Just living. What have you been enjoying lately? Um, Colorado in the fall. That's exactly what Jenny, I said last time. Yes, we've done a... No, it didn't. You said you were soaking really? up summer last time, I think. Oh, wow. It's been a month. Mm-hmm. You're Jenny right. and I have been doing a lot of fun things. A fair amount. Went on some hikes. Went to a pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. That is fun. Mm-hmm. Did you, have you been camping? Camping a few times. I don't know if anybody out there has ever heard of Crested Butte or Aspen. Went there recently, and those we were We know awesome. the McLeans have. Yeah, shout out. I actually did think of the McLeans when I was in Crested Butte. Mm. I always but, thought it was yeah. Crested Butt. Oh. Beep, I mean, it is kind of a terrible name for foreigners. What have you guys been up to? Uh, I've been teaching. I have more students of mine who are quarantined, so Mm. my online reservoir has grown. The dam would be called COVID. The reservoir. Or. (laughs) (laughs) Would be COVID. COVID. Holding them back. Quarantine, holding them back. Gotcha. Within a container. Um, and are you yourself healthy? I'm myself and healthy. Okay. I probably could use some sleep. 
Yeah. Mm, that's okay. been my month. There we go. I've been doing a lot of auditions. Um, I'm an actress, and so I do mm-hmm. film and television and commercials and voiceover and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Can we just pause you really quick and have somebody describe what Melissa looks like right now? Jenny, maybe? Take it away. Well, we all showed up, and Melissa just got finished with an audition mm-hmm. for a I can't cuss on this, but a punk girl in a movie role. What swear word was missing from that? Punk ass. Oh, oh. oh. You can swear <laughs> on here. But we showed up, and Mimi is, she's a pretty B.A. chick, and she's wearing all black with mm-hmm. some ripped jeans, and she's got some epic space buns right now. And if you know Mimi, um, that's not her typical look, and so it's pretty it's fun. And she's got some heavy eyeliner on. I like never wear makeup. Her brown eyes are popping. But that's what being an actress is. Mm-hmm. It is. Conform. You put on eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't been there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I actually dress put up. on eyeliner today. Mm, Wait, I did? can't tell. I did. It looks like oh, Maybe I won't be repeating. <laughs> yes, I did have eyeliner on. <laughs> well, my name's Erica, and I'm a professional nanny, and that's what I do. Um, well... Well, I, st- I mean, I study musical theater, and now I can't really do any of that right now, so my life is kind of on hold. We should make our own musical. Online. We could. You I have it? so many ideas. <clears throat> jingle bells. <gasps> jingle bells. The jingle bells. The jingle bells. Jenny has this idea town. for us that the four of us go into nursing homes and do, like, Christmas songs for them. Wait. Should we get to Lord of the Rings? Sure. Sorry, I... <laughs> I mean, I was just talking about my... I went from zero to hundred. It really quick. did, because... I'm sorry. Talk. Continue talking about your life. Oh. So anyway, I laughed. <laughs> I wish people just cared more about our lives. I just like, don't know the podcast. <laughs> about the lives of those who run the podcast. All right. So the movie opens with a little bit of a recap of Fellowship with Gandalf falling down with a bell rock. <laughs> I wrote down a quote from that. Please. Melissa. <laughs> Oh, yeah. In the first five minutes, I feel bad he's so old. <laughs> oh, yeah. As Gandalf is fighting the bell rock, and it was so funny. That was Continue, probably the America. best moment. That was funny. I had to write it down. He's falling to his death. <laughs> I feel bad he's so old. <laughs> I was like, he's so fragile. I will say something that is different about Two Towers that we have... There's a lot of things about the Fellowship that I already miss. You know, we were in that world for a long time. But something that I miss about the Fellowship already is that in that movie, there's really only one plot that you're following. In Two Towers and in Return of the King, there's three. So there's plot A, B, and C. So plot A, I don't necessarily know the order. Let's say plot A is Frodo and Sam and um, Gollum. And plot B is Aragorn and all them. And then plot C, oh, maybe there's only two plots. No, there's a plot C. Oh, Mary and Pippin. With mm-hmm. the trees. With the ends. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. So, we spend a lot of time with Sam and Frodo in the very beginning. We finally, finally meet Gollum. Melissa, what were your thoughts on... We've been talking about him a bunch. What were your thoughts? I honestly think that Frodo is the only one that really believes that Gollum could change or that mm-hmm. Gollum is more than just, like, what you see. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with... Um, him knowing the weight mm-hmm. and the burden of, like, the ring. Um, yeah. Knowing that, like, Gollum has gone through the same thing and, like, what mm-hmm. it's done to him. And, like, I think maybe Frodo, like, it's a way of almost saving himself maybe from Yeah, it. I wrote Good that catch. down, too. Yeah. I wrote that down. 
That's good. That well, way. that's a really good observation for you, Melissa, because there is a line in the movie where Frodo said, like, Sam asked Frodo, like, why, why do you want him to live and all this stuff? And Frodo just says something along the lines of, I have to believe that there's good in him mm-hmm. because he can see and feel himself deteriorating in the way that Gollum had the last hundred years or whatever. He feels connected to Gollum because they both have the weight of this ring, hold, you know, over their heads. And Frodo's like, is this guy, like, the farthest away from being a human? Can that mm-hmm. still be saved? You like, know? is this my fate? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Maya, did you find any notes that you took from that first scene? I mean, it's just the three of them for a good amount of time, and it's so many extended edition scenes in this movie, but especially this opening. I just remember realizing from that very beginning that Gollum has this bipolar attitude that I just never noticed before, Mm -hmm. how he's so angry at first, running away from Frodo and Sam, and then all of a sudden he pops around the rock and says, this way, hobbits, this way. And I I had never noticed it before until watching it with you guys, but that was mm. yeah, that was the moment saying, Okay, he's got he's got something going on. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, yeah. Well they do a really good job in the filmmaking of that too, just almost portraying the different sides of Gollum on different sides of the screen. So you guys notice that? Yeah, the yes, it's like he's like having a co- and I know that comes a little bit later on. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it's just super no, it's interesting how they how they portrayed his and such great acting. I know. By what, Andy Circus or whatever? He's I butchered so his name in the creepy. very first podcast, so I'm afraid to say it now. Yeah, I really felt like I was watching two different characters for the first time tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, like, you see Gollum when he tries to attack them, obviously. And then he has this moment when Frodo has the sword up to his throat. He starts crying. And you can just tell, like, oh, he's Smeagol now. So... I don't know. I've seen this movie so many times, but and I've always just kind of chalked him up to being terrifying, but yeah. I really saw two different sides. Well, there's mm-hmm. that moment, too, where Frodo says, Smeagol, I know who you are, and Gollum hasn't heard that mm-hmm. name in forever, and it's almost like he remembers a part of himself that he's let go of, mm-hmm. and I think that's when the whole bipolarness really starts to happen, because he does remember that, like, oh, I used to be Smeagol, mm-hmm. and he starts to bounce back and forth more. To his loyalty and all that stuff. Yeah. I also love the part when he says, go away and never come back. I know. And he says it over. And it's just this heart-wrenching moment of seeing Gollum as a human being Mm -hmm. and wanting him to be more. And I think we've all been there where we find something in ourselves that we say, go away and never come back. Mm -hmm. And the heartbreaking part is that he, he says stuff like, we got rid of him, precious. We got rid of him. Which is a dichotomy statement of and of itself because he's saying we got rid of him precious mm-hmm. he didn't get rid of him yeah when you hold on to an idol like that you can't get rid of it mm. even if you tell it to go away mm-hmm. that whole scene is really epic it really is he's really you really see him like actually he's like actually tortured by Gollum. like he doesn't enjoy the presence of Gollum. he really mm-hmm. doesn't it's, oh, dude, like, his personalities have split in half. Yeah. It's really... All the Sam Frodo really and Gollum scenes just make me a little uneasy in this I movie. I know. Though. I don't it like always, it. It just, like... It feels like an interruption to the movie. It does. Every time it cuts to okay. play again, I'm like, ugh. But it's also kind of showing a darker part of... It's true. ...of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I feel like we actually identify with 
golem more than we want to admit. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why we hate it so much. And I know Melissa said something in the middle of the movie. Like, you know, the inner turmoil Mm -hmm. between yourself. And, like, he's allowed this, like, burden, this, like, ring Mm -hmm. to, like, come in and, like, destroy his life. And now Mm -hmm. it's, like, the remnants of that where, like, he's still holding on to it. And, like, you're fighting against yourself Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, an ugly part of yourself that, like, you don't you don't like Mm -hmm. and that you want to get rid of but you just don't know how yeah and like in that scene he's like he just like really wants to change and you can Mm -hmm. see the like the turmoil inside of him of that like he doesn't want to hold on to this anymore and like he sees that Frodo like believes in him Mm -hmm. and that believes like like no one's ever really believed in him probably or at least for like a long long time and finally someone like sees like the good that he he could be and once was and like still has and so um I think that brings him up and like gives him hope to like um come out of that like darkness and to believe in himself to say like yeah like leave here and never come back Mm -hmm. um yeah and I think that just like shows like the power of like believing in each other and like um just like how important that could be to a person who may like have messed up or like have um been yeah tortured with something sorry to interrupt every time i watch that scene i think it just reminds us how human we are because i feel like what Gollum experiences in that scene we all experience i feel like that's a way to wrap up kind of like what you just said there because we all experience that inner inner turmoil in ourselves like I love myself, I hate myself, whatever, and I don't want to change this. I know. And that Ooh. scene just feels so real watching, yeah. and it's it's hard to take in. Yeah, you just have days where you're literally just being so cruel to yourself, and you literally have to kind of treat yourself like a child and be like, la, 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 like, I'm not listening, like, I won't hear this. Like, do you sometimes feel like there's just yeah. that voice in your head that's, like, literally so, so loud, well, and you just can't shut it up? Well, and I think that's the genius of what Tolkien has done is mm-hmm. created a scenario where every the whole audience is uncomfortable because they have to face something that they don't want. Nobody wants to face. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to look at Gollum mm-hmm. and say, like, you are a part of me and you're loved for who you are. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to tell Gollum he's loved. Mm-hmm. So what is Gollum? Is he, like, the inner critic in our head or, like, like what... I'm just trying to think of a better way to articulate that for myself. Like, I mean, I think he represents that, like, all of us. Like, there's always something um, about ourselves that, like, we're hiding or that, Mm -hmm. like, we hate about ourselves or that, like, we think is ugly. However, like, instead of it being, like, hidden and, like, hidden inside of Gollum, it's literally, like, out there exposed to the, like, world. And I think (laughs) it shows, like... um, just like the exposed ugliness of like a human like just like being human (laughs) like different Mm -hmm. you know like everyone has their own thing but no wonder most people I talk to fast forward through the golem scenes I did growing up because who doesn't want to fast forward through the golem Mm -hmm. scenes in your own life yeah it was creepy to me as a child and it's creepy to me now in a different way but like it's still creepy but as a kid it was just like get this godforsaken thing off my screen. Mm. But now I'm like, oh gosh. I felt that last night. I was like, I hate the Gollum scenes. I do too. (laughs) But they're important important to the plot. Super important. 
Well, I think, like, Frodo, the way that Frodo and Sam, like, the different ways that they treat Gollum. Yeah. Like, because, like, what if they saw Gollum as, like, a reflection of themselves, like, but Sam saw it in a different way, and, like, it just shows, like, the different way that people can, like, Mm -hmm. treat those ugly sides of ourselves or other people, and, like, Sam, like, even though he's, like, a really sweet guy and, like, great, but, like, he wants nothing to do with He says there's no hope left for him. Yeah, he just, like, brush him aside, like, ew, no. Um, But then Frodo is just, like, I just have to believe that, like, he can still be saved. Yeah. You know? Dang. It is interesting. Interesting how watching the movie last night, I do feel like I wish Gollum wasn't so important. But they wouldn't be able to make it to the end without Gollum. They really like, couldn't. They really couldn't. Yeah. I don't know exactly the timeline, but I think Gollum had the ring for a long, long time. But so did Bilbo. But Bilbo's not this spineless, freaky-looking guy. And I wonder if there's a big... The reason why there's such a big difference is between those two is Gollum was living in isolation with the ring, and Bilbo was living in the Shire with the wow. ring. So... Yeah. I think there was a lot of time, them. too. Yeah, there was a lot of time, but, I mean, Bilbo was young when he first found the ring. You know, he... Yeah. And now he's this old guy. So, again, I'm not super confident in that timeline, but I'm just saying, like, I think there is something to be said for being with friends and having good food and having good company. I think that that probably postponed his turning... Yeah. Of himself. Because he does have, like, those moments where... He does. He, he, you know, like, when he lashes out and he looks scary. And mm-hmm. That puppet <laughs> that they used for a few the seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I feel like there's, like, a little bit inside of him, but, mm-hmm. like, it's not... It's not full out, like... Totally. Right. Weird. It's spiny. a little bit more civilized still. My like, interpretation of that, too, was just always that Smeagol was worse by nature as a person. And it, mm. the ring affected him immediately. Yeah, I mean, he, he murdered someone within yeah. the five minutes of having the ring in mm. his possession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bilbo, I mean, it took 80 years of having the ring before he had that possessed face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think also it's the nature of the person, and that's why Frodo's yeah. able to carry it so well. Like Boromir. Like, he, it, exactly. it affected it, Boromir quicker than it affected Yeah. Well, how much, how much murder and death has happened in order for the next possession of the ring? So much. And a lot. When, so much. When the ring was initially lost, um, Isildur died. Mm-hmm. And then um, it was found and Gollum murdered for it. Mm-hmm. And then Bilbo didn't, and he could have. He mm-hmm. had the means and opportunity and mm-hmm. motive to kill Gollum, and he didn't. And I think that was... That unexpected moment, the thing the ring did not intend was for Bilbo to find it, and there was no murder involved. Mm. And same for Frodo. Yeah. Like he, he found it, and when it was threatened, he didn't kill Frodo. Like, uh, Sorry, Frodo didn't kill Gollum. He showed him mercy. And there was temptation. Mm-hmm. There was... Like, Gandalf tried to touch the ring, and it yeah. scared him. Gladriel, mm-hmm. I mean, she had that freak-out moment. Yeah. For sure. The ring was just not in the place it wanted to be. It was like, nobody's murdering anybody mm. for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is a great... I mean, we just... We could talk for hours about the ring. Like, it is a really... It's a very complicated... I mean, talking about the ring and all of the relationships and how it affected the fellowship, but now it's so interesting because now the movie's split in thirds. Now we've got the, you know, Frodo, Sam, and Gollum doing their own thing. we got Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli on a hunt. 
we should talk about them for a little bit. So we Plot B. Yeah. Cut to them, and they're trying to find Mary and Pippin, and it was it good to see these guys again? I was stoked. Yes. I love, yeah. love, love seeing these people. I miss them. They're so much fun. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so funny when Gimli fell down the <laughs> It's the so hill. funny. <laughs> the hill, yeah. When he runs, he hates the running. Oh, I was so like, funny. I'm late, man. <laughs> he oh, literally hates And Aragorn is, it is so attractive. When they come across the screen after 20 minutes of Gollum. I know. We need mm-hmm. Legolas. We needed him. But I love their quest. I love how committed they are to getting Merry and Pippin back. And right, which let's neat. talk about that. Yeah. Like, like, these are able-bodied men. Like, they don't need Merry and Pippin. No, like, yeah. if they wanted to go find F- Sam and Frodo on their own, like, I'm just like, why? Like, why find Merry and Pippin? Like, it's you don't true. necessarily need them. Yeah. But it's like... They help the helpless. They, they're like, this is our gang. Like, we, they don't know what else to do. They know Aragorn and Frodo had that really special moment in the Fellowship where Aragorn mm. knows that Frodo's going to leave. So Aragorn knows that, like, it's up to Frodo now. But him being the kind of guy he is, and, you know, obviously Gimli and Legolas, too, they're like, well, you know, they could have easily gone back home, you know? No man left behind, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, they're all separated. Boromir's gone. Gandalf is dead. But there's just something in Aragorn that's just like, well, we still have to do our part. But I'm curious. It's like, what what's their plan when they get Merry and Pippin, you know? Maybe I'm skipping too far ahead. They are on the hunt to find mm-hmm. um, Merry and Pippin. Legolas delivers that line that has been turned into a meme. Melissa Gandalf's not dead. Did you know that he comes back, or were you shocked? I I knew. Okay, like, okay. I feel like it's. I tried really hard not to give away that he came back. So. I feel like most people like they'll tell you. Oh. Gandalf <laughs> the White comes back so epic. Yeah. Aragorn learns when he asks Gandalf like, "Where did you go?" Gandalf, we learn, was sent back. Um, he died, and it's kind of like this ominous, like, who sent him back. It's like, it's revealed, I feel like, in Middle-earth at this time that there's something greater than just wizards and stuff. And the books unpack that so much more. My, you know, what does Tolkien call God? Um, Elbereth. Elbereth, yeah. Yeah. The books unpack that a bunch. The movies don't really. But I feel like this is one of the times where it's kind of, like, sent back, like... And Aragorn calls him Gandalf the Grey, and he says, hmm, yes, like, I know that name, like, that I used to be called that. And it reminded me of Revelation 2.17, I had to look mm, it up. Cool. But it says, he who has an ear, let him hear to what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Whoa. For some reason that came to mind, because he's... It's like he was given a new name. And Gandalf the White. Yeah, and that white stone, I was like, ooh, that reminds me of that Bible verse. Let's talk about some of the people that we meet in, in Plot B. They go to Rohan. Yeah, that's a new place for us. New place, yeah, land of, it's called the Horse Land. Which that set is amazing, the it's fact really that they cool actually set. took the time to build that set. Mm-hmm. With the castle? Yeah, that was real. They built that whole place. Oh, my gosh. And they filmed there for, like, a month. Can you tell, though? You can tell, though. Like, it just feels legit. It's so awesome. It feels legit. They spent so much time on that set. But here, the Rohan theme. (laughs) 
quick and like Slow. mighty. Yeah, you mm. you kind of know it's like a horse place just from the theme. I feel like. Um, but Gandalf tells the group, tells Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn that, like, the King Theoden has been poisoned. Like, Saruman has gotten to him. And we find that Saruman, or Saruman has done that. He's being possessed by Saruman, and Saruman sent freaking Wormtail, the nasty little guy. <laughs> oh, I hate him. Melissa made these amazing movie effect observations oh, yesterday. Yes. So, like, what, what is that guy's name? Wormtail. His name is Wormtail. Yes. Something something Wormtail. Wormtail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like or C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, but it we is. won't go into that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Isn't that his name? Yeah. Like, he's not even, like, a snake. He's called a Wormtail. Mm-hmm. But yet, like, all the sound, like, if you notice, like, when he walks into a room or, like, when he is moving around, like, you can hear snake like slithering, like a slithering mm. snake on the ground. Or there's like, an actual background. There's noise an actual that subconsciously noise. we don't notice. Like go back and like listen to it, and just subtly, like you can hear like a little snake slithering mm. on the ground, or like mm. writhing. Um, How much do filmmakers do that to us? Like oh, give us subconscious oh, noises. A lot. Oh, all the yeah. time, dude. Filmmakers are spoon feeding you what you should feel, and the way that they do that in these movies is the musical themes. Yeah. That's a huge one. The noises. They're telling the, you what to the think. Color, the Because they're basically creating cultures. Yeah. We don't, Rohan is a made-up culture, right? Um, Gondor is a made-up place. They're well, trying to establish culture. Yeah. yeah. And Tolkien's idea was to make it the history of England. So it's supposed to be thousands so upon cool. thousands of mm-hmm. years before England. So mm-hmm. that's why it's Celtic or English. Or mm. there's all those roots are supposed to sound like England. Mm. Yeah. Fact, but you're yeah. right, Melissa. Wormtail is supposed to be this nasty, nasty like, snake. he's spineless. He's mischievous. There's something about him that is coming to, he looks poisonous. Like, yeah, like he looks green. There's something in his face that legitimately looks like a poisonous snake. His eyes look like reptilian. And like, if you listen to his speech, like, it's literally filled with so much S. Yeah, definitely. Well, Gandalf finally pulls, literally does an exorcism and pulls Saruman out of King Theoden. And we finally... Which, for 2001? Not bad. Amazing. It's seamless. Yeah. When he goes from being possessed to regular King Theoden, you're like... That's a transformation. And he's not ugly. Like, he's a good-looking, like, kingly man. That is a perfect casting job. Totally. He looks like a king. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, we meet um, Aomer and... um, Eowyn. Eowyn. Brother and sister. Brother and sister duo. Great brother and sister duo. We have another woman on the screen. She's feisty, and Aragorn really likes that and takes a liking to her, and they have a really cool scene later on in the movie, but we meet a lot of cool characters in this plot. I really, really love King Theoden. Like, he's one of my favorite characters, Mm -hmm. but a big plot um, in King Theoden is that his son died, and Mm -hmm. we really don't meet the son ever when he's living we don't learn a lot about his story um but it's this gut-wrenching scene um when king theoden buries him and that's extended edition well and he stays strong like in front of all his people but Mm -hmm. then like when it's just him and gandalf Mm -hmm. he loses like he just loses it and i just think that like i know in movies they try to relate to so many different people and i think in that moment he related to like all the parents that have lost children yeah Mm. Um, a parent should never have to grieve a child yeah Mm -hmm. and i feel like in that moment he like captivated that 
that audience yeah. that has gone through that tragedy. I noticed some dialogue for the first time, and it's because it's extended edition, where Gandalf is comforting Theoden in that moment. Well, yeah. And he says, your son lived a really brave, great life, and he will... Find... Your fathers. Your, your forefathers or ancestors or whatever. In the halls of the kings. In the, yeah, and that, for some reason, that extra dialogue was just like, whoa, we don't even know this character. We just basically see him as a dead man. Mm-hmm. But, like, what's his backstory? Know. You know, there's just so much depth that we could find. But yeah. anyway, I always wish we knew He's that also character cute. a little bit more. I know. Cute. But, yeah, great, great scene. I think it just, again, shows the real-life aspects of mm-hmm. Middle-earth and... How death is a thing. Ooh, I did notice, like, right after, he, like, so right after the king is grieving the loss of his child, where he's, like, relating to all the parents who have lost a child, the next moment, the kids that have lost their mom run up on the, like, mm-hmm. horse. Yeah. And so it, it shows, like, there's two different losses, like, mm-hmm. the loss of a child and the loss of a mm-hmm. parent. Oh, frick me. There's four plots, because there's also Saruman and Wormtail getting battles and armies together. Basically, Wormtail reports to Saruman where everybody is, um, and we find out that Saruman knows that Rohan is going to flee to Helm's Deep, which is um, a fortress that the Rohirans have made, and it's basically a dead end. There's no way out. So Mm. it's a fortress that starts and stops in one valley, and so there's no escape. So, um, And Aragorn really encourages him to not do this. Yeah. Can and there's that one line. Proud yeah. He's, he's like, stubborn. last time I checked, Aragorn wasn't king, it mm-hmm. was me. <laughs> yeah, he's so proud. Yeah. He is, yeah, but you can't, you can't help but admire him, but at the same time, it's like, mm-hmm. you know... Let's think about this. I feel like there's one scene that we just really need to revisit. It's right after they discover that Gandalf is um, alive. Gandalf and Aragorn are having some conversation. Do you remember this part last night? It's right when I went into the bathroom. Yeah. The fact that they cut this scene from the theatrical version is beyond me. Yeah. The things that they say together. Gandalf says that Saruman is not mighty enough to defeat fear. Whoa. Well, and he says the biggest thing he's scared of is Aragorn. Yeah. Which is crazy. Oh, and he's the because he's heir gonna lead the men. Silver. And then yeah. Saruman denies that Aragorn is even the heir. He says, yeah. "Oh, so Gandalf thinks he's found a Sealdor's heir. He's yeah. a fool." Yeah. And that's Saruman's downfall to I not know. believe because of his own hatred for Isildur's heir to not believe he is Isildur's heir. There is so much critical information that like mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, it helps. It helps you understand. Well, Aragorn. in this conversation between Aragorn yeah, and Gandalf, that. there's so much that happens in that five minutes of screen time or it's whatever so it good. is. Where Gandalf is literally giving the rundown of the entire plot of the whole trilogy. Yeah. And it's really important. I feel like if that was in the theatrical version, people would be like, ooh, ah, I get it. Yeah. But a few things I wanted to mention from that part, if you ever get the chance to watch the extended, really pay attention to this. Or just look this. up the clip. Yeah. Um, Gandalf... There's this moment where you can tell Aragorn is getting really sad about Frodo, and Mm -hmm. Gandalf tells him, don't regret leaving him. It's to our advantage that they don't know that there's a hobbit who doesn't know what he's doing, but he's finding his way to Mordor, like he's in the dark right now. And Gandalf at this time doesn't realize that Frodo's not alone. And that moment where Aragorn tells him that Sam went with him, even like Gandalf the White can remember who Sam is, and I think that that moment is so cool because Gandalf mm-hmm. just turns and he just goes, good. 
And it's like suits such a cool moment. And I think that that's one of the best scenes in this whole section of the movie. He he actually, we realize in that moment that he might have been afraid for Frodo's life. But when he finds out that Sam is there, he's like, okay. There's actually hope. Yeah, and he's Which, also like a proud father. Yeah, yes. that's the feeling I get. You just feel that sense of like, just like, oh, he's proud of Sam for going. He's proud of Frodo for not leaving. You know, it's just, it's just this. I think this scene really ties the fellowship back together again because you know the they're mission, separated. The yeah, they're separated, and it's. You know, we really miss it. Like, I, w- I was serious. I did not want to leave the Fellowship because it's such a special movie because they are together and they all have this shared purpose. And at least in the theatrical version, there's really not a ton of, like, unifying dialogue between all of them. Like, obviously they talk about Frodo, but really, for the most part, the movie is sliced in these three parts. And even though they talk a lot about Frodo, it's more evidence that Sam is kind of a lead role. In fact, very yeah. important to Frodo. Like, he has a friend. Like, and I but think also, he knows like, that's good. It's more than that in the sense that he realizes that it could actually succeed because Frodo. Well, because definitely. Sam is there with Frodo. And maybe even going back, like, when we were talking about Gollum was in isolation when he had the ring. Yeah. And it, like, tore him apart. And then, like, but Bilbo had, like, was surrounded by people. Like, maybe it's mm-hmm. good to. Like, when you're carrying this, like, mm-hmm. um, hardship that, like, you're surrounded by someone that's going to uplift you. Talking a little bit about Plot C, we've got Merry and Pippin. They have discovered an Ent, and an Ent is something that they've only read about, they've only heard about, and they finally see one in real life. An Ent is a shepherd of the trees. And it's this really cool character. Something I noticed for the first time is he talks like... <sighs> He talks on his inhale, and he talks on his exhale, and it makes it sound like he legitimately is a tree, using the oxygen and giving the oxygen. Ooh, you're like, such a singer. Oh, gosh, maybe, but I, I just noticed that. Like, he ha- <clears throat> obviously has a unique way of talking, and I've always noticed it, but today I'm like, oh, they, they, they made him, they altered his voice to make it sound like he's talking on the inhale. Like, we only talk on exhaled breath because we can't. I mean, we can sort of talk on an inhale, probably like that. But, like, you can't really vocalize on an inhale, but he's vocalizing on an inhale and an exhale, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's what a freaking tree would do if a tree could talk, because that's how they use oxygen. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, but this plot is, is kind of fun. It's slow, and it doesn't play a huge role quite yet. I mean, we, it gets there, but this character is slow. He talks slow. He walks slow. He's figuring out these characters. He's skeptical of them, which is funny. There is a funny part from this section of the movie where Merry and Pippin start to drink some... Yes. Like, what? Water. Special fountain water where they grow Extended a little bit taller? Extended edition scene, yeah. Extended edition scene. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a funny plot in the books because they go back to Hobbiton later on after all. The story is over, and they're kind of like hot shit. They are they're because tall. they're tall. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Did yeah. they talk about that in the cast commentary? Yeah, or in the director commentaries mm-hmm. when I was watching it. Yeah. Again, I get why they cut a lot out in this movie, but if, if you haven't seen the Two Towers Extended Edition, it's a must to this trilogy. Where does it leave off? Yeah. Well, it cuts. Hold on. They're in, like, a panic, because everyone's headed to Helm's Deep. Gandalf knows that war is coming. There's an interesting quote Gandalf says, because um, he, he's going to ride off to go try to find Aomer and the other knights. 
of Rohan who were banished. Mm -hmm. And Gandalf says this quote. He says, I've lived 300 lives of men and had all the time in the world, but now it feels that I have no time. And that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear that. I I totally missed that. That's great. It was interesting. Yeah, it cuts off... um, Basically, it cuts back to the plot with Sam and Frodo and Gollum. They are making a meal together, and Gollum freaks out because <laughs> Sam is cooking the rabbits like a humane person. Oh, Boil so them, gross. mash them, stick them in a stew. Potatoes. Um, but they see the, these armies that have sworn their allegiance to Saruman, and they see elephants. And it's the cutest scene oh. because yeah. they've seen so much on this quest already. You know, they've seen scary things. They've seen crazy things. But the thing that Sam says, I cannot wait to tell people back home, is the fact that he saw an elephant. They elephant. See, they see elephants <laughs> walking with this army. It's just elephant. like a big deal because they're yeah. so tiny. And Sam's mm-hmm. just like, wait until they hear back. Or they're, I'm sorry. They're, you saw elves. You've seen the ball rock from the yeah, mines swamps. of Moria. You've walked through dead people in the swamps. Elephant. And it's an elephant he that says, like, I'm going to tell people back home about the people back home won't believe this. It's like, like they gay. won't believe a lot of things, Sam. <laughs> I think the elephant is the more tame. Like, we can get around a big elephant. We can get around yeah, that. Totally. <laughs> it's sweet, but it does end. It ends with Formir, which a is. Split second. Yeah, it is, it's very short. Guys, but I love Formir. Me too. So I love him. I love, I love him. him. But Melissa doesn't know him. Oh, yet. yeah, we need to. We'll talk about him. You next. remember him? He's a redhead. Guys, I feel for him. So much go. We will get in bo- on board with Foramir next podcast. <laughs> so excited. Um, <laughs> of course, we think that Aragorn is the cutest of all, but oh, Foramir, hey, 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 hey. Foramir is still pretty much Gimli. up there. Gimli. <laughs> oh my gosh, his character development's amazing. Dude, Faramir. and the extended edition scenes give that character so much life. Yeah. We'll get there, we'll get so there. so absent in the theatrical version. So watch out for Foramir, Melissa. Great new character. Oh, we didn't even talk about Eowyn, did we? Yeah, we did. Okay, Okay, my bad. A little bit. The only thing I'll say about Eowyn is that she's way cooler in the books. She's, like, so badass Mm. in the books. Mm -hmm. She's, like, this warrior princess that just destroys. In the movie, she's still that way. She's just a little bit more, like, whiny. Reserved. Reserved. But we still like her. You know what scene I like between the two of them? Where he tames the horse in the barn. And she sees him speaking Elvish. That's Mm -hmm. a really good backstory scene in the extended editions. I think it's in the real one. You speak like you're one one of their own. Own, and it's just super interesting. But oh, there God. is a moment when Aragorn tears up looking at her, and he's like, "I see you. You are so strong." And I think that's where, that's where I think women miss out so much in our society is that whether you're a feminist or whether you're the opposite of that, you never you don't think of yourself as seen by a man as like important that you have value. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn sees her in that moment, and he tears up like. She is a daughter of these kings. Mm. Like, she is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was really hit by that moment for the first time I've ever seen these movies was yeah. when Aragorn sees her. I was like, no. And you don't blame her for falling in love with him. Oh, gosh, no. You no. don't. No, you don't. Even though on the inside you're just like, he belongs to Arwen, back yeah. off. Yeah. But, yeah. like, yeah. you you know you can't blame her because no. she's never been seen. Yeah, she's Well, you think of seen. all the things that have happened to Eowyn recently. I mean, her cousin dies. The king went crazy for a little bit. He was possessed. Wormtail hit Wormtail was hitting on her. Like, trying to possess her like, or something? Yeah, yeah her was cousin creepy. was banished. Like, she felt really alone, and then this hero comes in. 
I mean, I would fall for him, too. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have to pull my arm. (laughs) Let's just say that. I I guess I'll go on a date with you, Aragorn. Jeez. Sorry, listeners. Well, we definitely covered all the bases of this movie. I mean, that's the skeleton of this movie. There's so much to unpack. I mean, as these movies go on, we got three more podcasts. We've got part two and then Return of the King. So there's a lot to unpack. Obviously, it's completely unrealistic to unpack everything there is in these movies, but... Um, I will have to say Two Towers is probably my favorite out of the three of them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Where does Two Towers kind of lie on your favorites? Watching the extended editions of the Two Towers makes it a lot more meaningful to me. I'll just say that. Yeah. Melissa, do you like Fellowship of the Ring or Two Towers better so far? Hmm. I think I like Two Towers. Mm -hmm. I like the change of scenery and, like, the different plots going on. Mm -hmm. And it goes deeper, too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Shit yeah. hits a fan. It really does. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot it's more about like, symbolism, to. in a way. Yeah, in all, each of the stories. They build it up a lot in Fellowship, and then they finally start like breaking it down mm-hmm. again in Two Towers. I know. They like rip your heart out in Two this Towers. This is why I wanted to start a podcast because th- these movies, it's just like. They're so good. Like, there's just so much to talk about. We might need to do, like, a final episode after we, we dissect could. all yeah. of the movies, then do one more episode. Yeah, yeah of, like, that would be fun overview. to unpack it. Every time I edit these and then post these, I always go to bed that night, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am always thinking of things that, like, we didn't have a chance to get to or things, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what about that point? So it's it does so definitely much. feel like biting off more than we can chew, but hopefully it just gives, like, a little bit of a taste of, you know, some of the things that we pull from these movies when we watch them, and just the character development is just so astonishing, and then obviously just the way that these movies are put together, the music, costumes, set... All that good stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. But I loved this, and I loved our little projection last night. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks for setting that up. And oh, all the yeah. cheese. We had so much cheese. We had a lot of charcuterie board. We come well prepared. We've always got notes. We've always got food. We've always got wine. It's always a really fun time. Covered. Mm-hmm. We've got our bases covered. Any other thoughts before we sign off? Give me more Middle Earth. Give it to me. Date me, Aragorn. Oh, <clears throat> Melissa, final thoughts? No. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you Melissa identifies with Gollum. That's what we have learned tonight. Yeah. That's true. Gollum, is that... You I identify with... Is that me? <laughs> Gollum, is that me? <laughs> is it me you're looking for? I identify Sing with it. Gimli Sing running in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go on a hike with Jenny, I'm like, please don't make me do this. This is Erica editing in the future, and I just wanted to preface that the Lord of the Rings conversations are officially over, and from here on out, it's us singing, and I don't, there's really not much else to say, so... Who's doing harmony and who's not? I am. I'm Melody. Melody. Sure. You guys are both doing Melody. I don't know how to harmonize. You're doing. I'll You've been harmonizing. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> I think you're doing Sorry about that. No, you're fine. Okay. A five. A six. I think that you're for him. What's the alto line for the last part? You had it. Don't think about it. No, for the last part. Oh, I'm literally stringing it, singing whatever comes out of my mouth. Wait. I'm happy tonight. Walking in a winter one. 
Walking in a winter wonderland. Yeah. Walking in a winter wonderland. Okay. Yes. Whoa. That's a cool one. Okay. Five, a six, a five, six, seven. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane. Snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. The nursing home's gonna be blown away. <laughs> <laughs> so is my mom.